How you doing, Kelly Collis? Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. A very happy social media day to you, Kelly Collis. Oh, for heaven's sakes. It's social media <laughs> day every day for you, Tommy. Yeah, I feel like in 2010, when Mashable started social media day, it was like cute because people maybe didn't use it every day. But now... It should be no social media day. <laughs> Wouldn't that be delicious? Yes, and it's also the last day of June. Can you believe it? I can't. Also, maybe observe no social media day after we finish our show, because we like you watching <laughs> us on social media. That's true. Hey, I'm Tommy McFly. I'm Kelly Collis. We, we love DC. Kelly's a hug-hating, lifelong Washingtonian who loves her Washington Nationals. She's a mom, a wife, always honest, funny, and sometimes a little bitter. Oh, is it my turn, Tommy? <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> Everybody loves Tommy. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's got two dogs and a husband. You'll see them all over his Instagram. And if you just ask him about the time he spent Easter at the White House. Because I was the first person in American history to host the White House Easter egg roll. Thanks, Obama. I'll be in the Smithsonian someday. Don't hold your breath, Tommy. But seriously, we're so glad that you're here because you probably love Washington. Like, we love Washington. Matter of fact, we even had a radio show about how much we love Washington for quite some time. We bring people together, created awesome community moments around D.C., and have been invited to and asked to leave some of the most interesting spots in the nation's capital. We're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy some really fun headlines from D.C. and beyond. Whew. That was a lot. Let's get started. All right, Kelly, as we're getting ready for Independence Day, a.k.a. the 4th of July, we got some celebrations. What's going on? I know it is exciting. It's kind of sneaked up on us, but there are parades happening in D.C., just not like the, the big grand one that we're used to. And I love to see this. Um, the Barracks Row has one. On Sunday, July 4th, because a lot of times, sometimes things happen the day before because it's falling on a Sunday. But Tom on the actual, yes, on the actual holiday at 10 a.m., 8th and I Street Southeast, there is a little neighborhood parade that now is sort of becoming a bigger deal because, you know, we don't have the big, big parade. Mm -hmm. And then one that's close to my heart. I used to do this all the time when my kids were little closer to my uh, neck of the woods uh, in the Palisades, which is Whitehaven Parkway on MacArthur Boulevard. They closed that down and that's at noon on July 4th. And what I love about this is that you can literally parade hop. <laughs> if you really are like into it, you can go to the one at Barracks Row at 10 and then head uptown and go to the one at the Palisades. That sounds like a progressive party. I love that. <laughs> totally. Also, like MacArthur, that, that parade is like such like Americana picturesque photo. It's got like the trees and like little flags waving. I can just imagine you having like your children dripping in red, white and blue, taking all the photos of them. For sure. Um, also, the uh, celebrations at places that, you know, people can gather now are happening, which is really cool. The Reach at the Kennedy Center. This would be the first, I believe, the first um, 4th of July that the Reach is open and people can go there. It is first come, first serve, but Eric Bruner Yang's doing like the whole outside barbecue thing. And if you think like the side of the Kennedy Center where the Reach is looking over toward the Lincoln, toward the reflecting pool where they're launching the fireworks from, like prime spot. You should probably get there yesterday to get a space. Is that and that's ticketed? Um, so it's like a first come first serve. So it's free for you to show up, but it's first yeah. come first serve because that's like the whole reaches thing. They're like free for everybody and like come and enjoy. 
but they will be enforcing, you know, like the fire code of the park, I think is what they're enforcing. <laughs> and then also, if you want something that is ticketed and it's like a little bit more spaced out, um, there's a VIP experience that the wharf is doing for 40 bucks. You get access to the Dockmaster pier building, which is that building at the end of the main pier. Um, and there's drink tickets and like, there's going to be a limited number of folks who are allowed to be there and it benefits the USO Metro DC. So that's kind of cool. If you want to spend the 40 bucks for tickets, I like talk about another great vantage point for the fireworks, looking over the Jefferson toward the reflecting pool. Amazing. Yeah, that is good. And, and access to the dock master house also means there's a guaranteed bathroom. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just if you're for planning purposes. Yes. Yeah, some AC, some bathroom that all of those things sound great. <laughs> yes. Um, Kelly, if you wouldn't mind indulging me for a second, I fell down a rabbit hole of research and I, I still don't have an answer. So I'm hoping that somebody who's watching or listening might have an answer and can help us out with this. So I'm wondering out loud why Clarendon in Virginia is named Clarendon. Over the weekend, I was in Boston for a friend's wedding and I was like walking all around the commons and the state house and like just checking out the area, eating all the lobster rolls. And I looked up. And there was a Clarendon Street. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Wonder how they got their Clarendon. And we have a Clarendon. Isn't that weird? And so then I went down the research hole of Wikipedia, among other places. There's apparently a ton of Clarendons all around. So Australia has seven Clarendons. Canada's got three Clarendons. England's got three Clarendons. The U.S. has at least 10 different Clarendons. One in Arkansas and Illinois and North Carolina and New York and Pennsylvania and Texas and South Carolina. Anyway, on and on and on. And so I was like, okay, clearly the British had a little bit of influence in Boston. Maybe that's what's going on here. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yes. So I took it back to jolly old England, if you will. Um, apparently the Earl of Clarendon was a title that was bestowed in 1661 and 1776. Huh, pretty important date, right? 1776. Well, that may or may not be where it all comes from. So the Earl of Clarendon was a guy who was like super tight with the king. He was like the postmaster general, among other things. And that may be where it comes from. But then there was also Clarendon Palace back in like the medieval times. We're talking like the year 1100. Um, and that had been like built as a palace and then it got like knocked down and then it got built again, kind of like the tub thumping song. And then, um, there was this other guy named Robert treat Payne, And he fast forward to the 1900s back in America, in the DC area, he bought a big section of what is now Clarendon 25 acres in 1990. And he has some ties back to like the original Earl of Clarendon, but there's no, I can't find anywhere the line, the specific line of why Clarendon, Virginia is called Clarendon, Virginia. I, you must've had some free time at the airport or something. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. So this, this Robert treat Payne guy, um, specifically like his grandson, junior, uh, was super cool. Like he um, worked to get Frederick Douglass historical district in Boston put together. He like worked on the national register of historic places. He's got like a whole, a whole like life that really was impactful. He died in 1910, but he wasn't in Virginia. And so I don't know why, like 
the Clarendon brand became this franchise thing that's popped up all around the world and no one can seem to tell me why it happened. Well, um, Tommy, maybe this is your destiny in life. Yeah, maybe you need to start a society of all the Claritans and you guys can get together on the third Tuesday of every month and, and discuss it. Well, there is, as a matter of fact, a Clarendon Alliance, which I didn't know about, that had been around forever. So I reached out to them to get some background on what was going on. Also, I don't know why there's not a business on Wilson Boulevard called Earl of Clarendon. Get involved, people. Like, <laughs> how is that not a sandwich shop? Come on. <laughs> maybe that's what they'll uh, rename Whitlow's on Wilson. <laughs> Earl of Clarendon. Yes. <laughs> I think it's got legs. But um, like I was on the Alliance's website and they don't have a clear reason of why it's named Clarendon. But they talked about how like that part of Virginia um, of Arlington County was like the buffer between the north and the south. And it was like the area that protected the Union Capitol during the Civil War and how there, there was like a hospital there. And people um, when they tried to first develop Clarendon, they sold lots in Clarendon for like and they also offered free trolley service to DC for an entire year if you bought a place and lived all the way out in Clarendon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's uh, where I live in, in Northwest by the by the cathedral. That was considered like vacation homes. We used to have cows and things like I mean, I'm on mass off of Mass and Wisconsin Avenue across from the National Cathedral. And that was the country. So, yeah, weird times. Um, well, Tommy, I appreciate you spending a lot of time doing that research. It's, it sounds you know, like you're smarter for it. Kelly, I'm really glad you appreciate that because I'm just telling you right now, it's not over because no one can give me an answer as to why Clarendon is called Clarendon and why there's a street in Boston and a city in Arkansas and also a place in Australia. (laughs) We're not done with this. I need some more answers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's uh, turn to baseball because I've got some baseball related um, good news. This is all good stuff. So our beloved Captain Obvious. We all know him from mostly Nats games, but he's also a figure at a lot of Capitals games. Got really sick back in April with COVID to the point where he was uh, in an an induced coma, had a trach in to help him breathe. Uh, Really, it was touch and go for a while. I am happy to report he texted me on Saturday uh, when I was down in Miami at a Nats game. I got a text from him saying that they just took the trach out. Um, which they they left, they took him off of oxygen uh, like about a week ago, but they left the trach in just in case. And now he is fully in the clear, Been he's still in hospital with, in rehab, but he is expected to go home very soon. That's he's awesome. posting on Facebook, he's posting on social media. He's I got a big smile on his face, which we'd love to see. Um, and it was just such uh, great news to hear from him. And God, I hope to see him at a NAS game. And this is not the, I am leading the charge to make sure when that man is ready, up and ready, I don't know if it's this season or next season, he needs to be throwing out a ceremonial pitch and sitting at home plate. I don't know who we need to call to make that happen, but um, the story is not over. <laughs> I feel like we should like not actually dip him in bronze, but there should be a bronze captain obvious somewhere at the park because a, he's just like the biggest like fan, but also it will totally screw with other fan other teams fans when they come they're like what's this what's going on with the, with the sea captain <laughs> yeah i uh, i feel like captain obvious doesn't get a statue yet because i feel like you only get a statue after you die <laughs> well they tried to give dolly parton a statue before she died 
<laughs> well, and she didn't want one. <laughs> okay, that's true. I guess. Okay, fine. Text Captain, obviously, if he wants a statue before we go through all the, the, all Fair the work. Well, that so, is great well, news, yeah, Kelly. It, I'm it so is, happy to hear it that. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it is great news. And we'll keep you updated on him. And I, I'm just so glad because for a while I was texting him and I was not going through. So it's great. Like when that popped up on my phone, it just made me smile. So he is. Um, I mean, it was it was COVID, and he, he's got long haul COVID symptoms. Basically, just taking forever to get through. Uh, I mean, I think you know when he was. I, he, I don't know enough about his medical background, um, but you know when you're in a coma and not moving for several weeks at a time, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for him to get up and moving again. But I believe in him. And he's on social media on social media day. <laughs> he's posting every day photos of him. So that's great news. And also and, no one is more upbeat and happy than him either. So like yeah, that, like and, if, if like attitude sure. and like perspective, like if like attitude is anything like to help healing that guy, my goodness. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so great to hear that. And then in other great news, not my team, but still down the road, the Orioles, it's just such a great, Great story. They're having a horrible season, but Trey Mancini, <laughs> who took last season off because he was battling stage three colon cancer, stage three colon cancer is, you know, cancer free. That was a story that came out at the end of last year. And now he's having the season of his life. He has 14 home runs. Uh, we learned uh, yesterday that he's going to the all-star game. He's going to compete in the home run derby, which is so great to hear. I mean, but it's the typical like reason why you love baseball, like these comeback stories, these grit and determination and positivity to be, you know, at stage three colon cancer a year ago. And now just at the top of his game. Well done, man. Well done. Totally. That's and what a, what an awesome, awesome story too. You're like all the happy news today. Kelly, I love this. <laughs> I know, isn't it a change? But they have to do with baseball, <laughs> and you know, baseball puts like a smile on my face. It's true. We um, we have this clip from uh, about Trey Mancini from a year ago. That was, was when he was doing his thing. Was that at spring training? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm like the palm tree, so. I, <laughs> That must have been when he returned to the mound. That's so great to see. Yeah. No and palm his... trees in Baltimore. That's for sure. No, no. <laughs> also, he um, did a lot of great work too on the colon cancer front over the last while he was while he was going through treatment and while he was fighting it. He was also doing great work for um, places like the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. So way to go, Trey Mancini. Yeah, and he had a podcast like mm -hmm. with saying his talking about his journey um, with the diagnosis and recovery. I mean just it's it's great to have an advocate like that for such a, a cancer that sometimes is hard to talk about absolutely um what's going on with the peloton music festival i you know there's not a dc angle to it but you know i'm obsessed with peloton and i follow all things peloton on social media to like learn the latest and yesterday they announced that they're having a music festival and i was like okay cool i know <laughs> it's so weird are we all gonna take our bikes and go sit and like what does that mean I, we don't really know. It left us with more questions than answers, but obviously Peloton with all of their classes, whether it's spin or tread have a music component to it. Mm -hmm. 
And there's some incredible classes that you can take. Like there's a cold play class that Emma does that will bring you to freaking tears and highs. And just like, I mean, it's just incredible. There's a Madonna class. There's all, there's Lady Gaga, Britney Spears. There's all these like themed classes. Well, now they announced that the, the festival starts tomorrow. There'll be several artists involved. 21 Pilots, Gwen Stefani, Imagine Dragons, Pearl Jam, Tina Turner, Doja Cat. I mean, the, the genres run the gamut but we don't know what it means right it's like Gwen Stefani going to perform and while we're sweating our butts off for a 45 minute class are we are they themed classes are they going to be on the leaderboard like what does it mean we just don't know I, I'm, I'm quoting an article from the Rolling Stone that reached out to Peloton and says that they will release what it means in I guess tomorrow when it's all kicks off for the next three days so I guess we can assume there's not a festival somewhere because they'd have to give someone heads up about going to a place for a festival. I, I'm sorry. Yes, I should have clarified that. Like many things, it, it is still, quote unquote, virtual. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I don't know what it means. Peloton is quickly becoming sort of a, a content um, monster versus a fitness company. So it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see how that evolves. Maybe it's Peloton paying artists for not paying artists for using all their music this whole time. And they're like, hey, remember that lawsuit? How about we <laughs> how about we have a music festival, Gwen Stefani? Here's a bag of money. Yes, they resolved that a while ago. But yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but th this is really cool because I don't know, like, what could we see in the coming years? I, I mean, we have Peloton, you know, stores here in the D.C. area. Could we see festivals that in real life um the peloton sponsoring at their stores or going on tour I, I don't know i think we should get a bunch of peloton bikes like meriwether post and plug them all in and you, the music venue has to be powered by people pelotoning and it could be all green energy and stuff and we'll see if they can power the speakers and power a music festival you know what the the peloton community is pretty uh that's what i mean if you get a thousand <laughs> pelotoners they could they could they could power Crofton, for God's sake. <laughs> <Right>. Totally. <laughs> Crofton and beyond. Hey, um, super fun fact. You're going to get less robocalls um, coming <sighs> up. Goodness. Yeah, this is really cool. So according to the FTC and the FCC, they are cracking down on illegal robocalls. And starting today, when we recorded this on Wednesday, June 30th, they, um, the major cell phone providers have to verify that a call is coming from the number that it's coming from. So not, <laughs> not, so not a spoof number. Cause you know, you get like a 202 number and you answer it. And then it is certainly not 202. Who's calling you. Depends, yeah. not, I'm sure or, where in the world it is, but not 202. Or, or the one that has the first three numbers of your exchange. Yes. Right. And you're like, well, now you know it's, it's, it's spam, but like they happen all the time. You're like, Oh, that's my number. Oh wait. Yep. So weird. I don't know Good. where I'm going to get a million dollars in um, loans that have no interest, but I, I guess I'll figure that out some other way after this. <laughs> um, so if you have a if you have a cell phone provider that's like a quote unquote not major, I don't know what that means as far as the FCC goes, but those providers have a little bit more time. But the like Verizon, AT and T's, those peeps are like they were like get your ish together by today. So that's so great. That's I, awesome. I am going to miss the calls that come from God knows where. Where the um, I'm about to be arrested. Oh yeah. And you know, those are the ones and it's the social security office. Yes. You know, I like the ones that promise me free money for my, for my business. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. Why don't we get some of that money? I, I keep trying. They're like, <laughs> how much do you year. want? I'm like, I would like $400 million, please. And then they hang up on me. <laughs> oh, shoot. I know. I'm tell, told I'm trying to start a bike company that has music festivals, but they don't <laughs> listen to me. The FCC, though, Kelly, um, they believe that illegal robocalls have caused $10 billion in fraud a year. People just giving these people money or giving them their information. And um, as far as like wasted time and productivity, it's about $3 billion a year in just like wasted time people being pulled off of work or whatever to like answer these calls. I don't know how they figured that out, but that's staggering. That is insane. That is insane. Well, it's about darn time. I'm, I'm glad that that's getting taken care of. True story. Well, I don't know if that's getting taken care of. I think if, they, <laughs> if it's a $10 billion industry, they're going to figure a way to harass us and, and scam us. But They've at least been slowed down for a bit. I like that. We have another Olympian heading to Tokyo from the D.C. area. This is so exciting. Of course, Katie Ledecky. I feel like we always have to mention the when we talk about the Olympics, she's sort of the grand dam of of uh, the Olympians here from the D.C. area. And I guess Michael Phelps is, too, because he's like Baltimore ish. Yeah. Um, and we have Tori Husk, who's from Arlington, that they are swimmers. But now we're learning of a gymnast from Montgomery County is an alternate for the U.S. Olympic team. Love it. Um, she was in St. Louis during the trials when the, 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 I guess they're calling them the sensational six were announced, but she's an alternate and, uh, she is from Boyd's and she trains at Hills Gymnastics in Gaithersburg. And she's one of four that is heading uh, to Tokyo. She's a junior in high school. That is so cool. It's like, can you imagine the first day of school? So what'd you do with your summer? <laughs> I don't know. I went to Tokyo, was an alternate for the Olympics. <laughs> also, that's got to be like being on the team is one thing, but being an alternate has got to be a whole other level of stress too, because you're like, just, I'm just here, but I got to behave. <laughs> and I also got to remain training. And I just, do, 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 do. <laughs> but yeah. good for her. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Very exciting. And thanks to Bethesda Magazine for giving us that scoop. They got all the stuff. All the they got Bethesda on lockdown. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> it's in the name, as a matter of fact. By the way, if you want to catch up with any of our past real fun DC shows, you can get them anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Tommy and Kelly. You could also check out yes another podcast from Carlos and Company, Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search those, and you can catch up with our past shows. Also, um, get the app, Real Fun DC app, to stream our live channel anytime. Anywhere in the world, day or night. We're kind of like Peloton, just minus the bikes. <laughs> yeah, and the millions of subscribers. For now. <laughs> we'll see you next time.